0: You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 117. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. Now, in this episode, you'll get to meet Dr. Felicia Foster, and I'm thrilled to bring her on this podcast episode. It took us a while to to kind of coordinate our schedules and make this happen. Dr. Foster was one of my co-hosts back in the spring of 2019 when I held the Public Health Consulting and Entrepreneurship Expo. She was on the very first one. She's joining me on this episode to talk about her journey into public health, and it's a great story. I love, I just enjoy this interview um, so much. I know you will too. Let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Foster. She has a laboratory uh, background as a chemist, but currently works as safety and occupational health specialist for the United States Department of Agriculture, the USDA, She is also a certified health coach and the founder of Forever Wellness. Dr. Foster is passionate about all things related to health and wellness. And for the last 15 years, she's been reading, researching, and working with women in Cleveland, Mississippi to promote wellness. Now, I'll tell you a little bit behind the scenes. Dr. Foster and I, we really enjoyed our conversation as we usually do. We have a lot in common. Each time we talk, we find that we have a little bit more in common. And I have relatives in Mississippi. And there's this little thing that inside of me that thinks that, okay, well, you're from Mississippi, I'm from Mississippi, then we must have some cousins in common, or we may be related down the line. So I really enjoyed just chatting with her about our Mississippi background and A whole lot of things that we have in common, including the laboratory background, although I was microbiology and she was chemistry, but it's just really um, interesting and just so many coincidences and just really could connect with her on a, a much deeper level. Now, she says it's all about lifestyle, exercise, attitude, and nutrition. She became interested in health and nutrition over a decade ago. When her life was turned upside down with a chronic disease diagnosis and this newly diagnosed health challenge prompted her her desire to learn more about health and nutrition. She began to realize how important her lifestyle and exercise and attitude and uh, nutrition choices were both for herself and her family. Her journey landed her a peer coaching position with a local chiropractor, which further sparked her interest in health, as well as a desire to pursue an advanced degree. Public health was her most obvious choice because of the many opportunities to positively influence health within her community, as well as globally. So while pursuing a PhD in public health with a concentration in epidemiology, Dr. Foster saw a need for health coaching within her local community. So given her background as a peer health coach, she decided to officially obtain a certification in health coaching. Now, you're going to enjoy hearing more about her story because she does go into that in, in great detail. But before I connect that interview with Dr. Foster, I'd like to share a special offer from Audible. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Audible has an amazing selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. What I love about Audible is that I'm able to listen to professional development books while I'm on my early morning walk every day. It's a great way for me to learn while I'm exercising. There are so many categories to choose from. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash public health. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash public health for your free audiobook. Well, today I'm excited to introduce you to my special guest, Dr. Felicia Foster. So, Dr. Foster, welcome to the podcast.
1: Great. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm really excited about having you on this episode in particular because Dr. Foster was one of the co-hosts that joined me when I held the Public Health Consulting and Entrepreneurship Expo back in the beginning of 2019. So it has just taken us a while to get our schedules together and get her on the podcast to talk with me one-on-one. So I'm really excited that you're here and happy to share your story on this episode. So if you're ready, I'd like to jump in with my questions is that good that's
1: great let's take it away
0: all right so if you would just take a moment and tell the audience a little bit about yourself just your background some of the work you've done before you know what you're doing now just whatever you'd like to share but just give like in your own words a little bit about yourself absolutely
1: i am a southern girl at heart born and raised in cleveland mississippi which is a small delta town I would say that that has offered me an eye opener to the world because not only is it a small Delta town, but the state of Mississippi is considered a low socioeconomic state. And with that being said, as a very, very young child, I knew something was different about me because I was probably just as driven as an adult and was always questioning the things that were around me. So. Early on, I knew that I wanted to do something related to health. And the time, I would play at the game called Operation, and I was fascinated with the human body as a result of that game. And that game, actually, I would say, was the beginning of the rest of my journey. Fast forward, growing up, I was very studious, always interested in math and science, go on through high school, graduate, go to college. Chemistry pre-med major, and I actually had a provisional acceptance into an osteopathic medicine school in Virginia. I'm so happy that I applied to that school and received the provisional acceptance because the requirement actually made me really understand what I wanted to do in life. I was required to do at least 3,000 hours of observation at a hospital, and I did it in each area of the hospital. After that experience, I knew that that wasn't the way I wanted to touch lives. I could appreciate the doctors, but that wasn't the path that I wanted to take. So I dropped the pre-med, and I did finish my chemistry degree with a biology minor, and I also went on to get a earn a master's degree in natural science. Throughout my educational endeavor, I never stopped wondering, and I never lost my love for helping others. I am definitely a servant leader, so I continued on after graduate school and began um, working at Baxter Healthcare as a chemist, which was a very, very rewarding experience because they made IV solutions. And so I was at that point of touching lives, which is what I wanted to do. When you go to the doctor, they would prescribe solutions that I possibly made in the lab. Um, that made me feel like I was accomplished. I worked for Bachelor Healthcare for about a year and a half, and after that, I left, and I, am, I moved on to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which is where I am currently working as a safety and occupational health specialist. However, when I first moved on, I started out working in the lab. I really developed a love for research. And right before I transitioned into my current position, I made a decision to go back to school. I never lost that desire for advanced education, and I never lost that desire for a platform to do more in the helping arena. And so I decided that public health was the option for me because I'm people-oriented. And public health is such a vast field that I wouldn't be boxed in to just a certain area of, of helping. Well, I ended up choosing Walden University because the philosophy, Walden creates change agents. And I felt like that fit me perfectly. And also not to mention, Walden offered me the option of going to school while I continued my employment. So throughout the time at Walden, I met a lot of very interesting people, gained a lot of knowledge in the area of public health, and it has definitely even enhanced my current position as a safety and occupational health specialist, and also it has opened up my eyes to new
0: dreams and desires. Wow, that's really a very inspiring story. I, um, You took me back a moment when you talked about the game operation. I had that game, and I was obsessed with that game. <laughs> 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 yes. That was, oh, yeah, that was one of my favorites, too. I had completely forgotten about that until you mentioned it. I'm going to have to call my brother later on because he used to torture me with that game, <laughs>
1: Oh, awesome. Well, I was the winner every time. I was so meticulous. I would stay up at night for the competition (laughs) side, but also stay up at night just looking at the game because I was fascinated to have a bird's eye view of possibly seeing what the human body looks like inside. That was fascinating. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Some of these people are listening to us going, what in the world are they talking about? (laughs) (laughs) we might possibly be dating ourselves on this, but that's okay. (laughs) Oh, well, that's okay. Oh, man. I love your journey. I like the way you can apply, you know, you're applying every part of it, what you're learning as you were learning it, pulling the lessons out, you know, really exploring, expanding, really, really inspiring. So I guess my next question, and, and you somewhat touched on it, but when did you first become interested in public health as a career? Was it specifically in that transition of, you know, kind of understanding that you did not want to go the osteopathic medicine route? Or was there some other point when you really became interested in public health, specifically as a career?
1: I would say it had to have been when I was working in the lab at the U.S. Department of Agriculture as a biological science research technician. Um, I wore many hats in that position. While that was the position title, I wore many hats. And because of my own health challenges that I did not discover until I gained employment there because of an occupational medical surveillance program, I discovered that I had type 2 diabetes, and high blood pressure. So health hit home. I wasn't really sure what to do with that diagnosis. It was honestly devastating. And after I went through the denial, the anger, and all the different emotions, I had to gain my composure and figure out what do I do. Well, since I'm science-oriented and I'm analytical, I began to read. And also, I was at that phase in my career where I was really ready to transition into something new. And so, during the course of that time, I actually met a chiropractor. And I was just frustrated with my health journey because I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted to see. And I met the chiropractor through a family member who was a local chiropractor, not far from where I live, but I didn't know anything about it he actually had a weight loss program. And I never would have thought that a chiropractor would have a weight loss program because all I knew is that they crack necks and backs. <laughs> like most of us in the population, we really don't know chiropractors and all that they can provide. So fast forward, it took at least a year for me to get into his program. And I went there with some skepticism, but after talking with him, I said, okay, I'll trust you. I've trusted others with my health, so I'll trust you. Can you help me? And as a result of that journey, I began to see that public health is really where I want to be. That is how I want to impact people positively with their health. And now because it's my own personal journey, it's near and dear to my heart. And I see others, it's funny, it's like buying a new car. You don't see that car until you buy it and then you see 15 others when you start talking about your health journey you start to see and people start to open up to you about their health journey and my eyes were open to the number of people who had the same or similar challenges as my own and that birthed my desire to really transition into public health
0: Uh, yeah I can relate to that it's very similar to my journey as well So I definitely can relate to that. And that's really, that's amazing that there is definitely the ability to impact for me, the populations, because I realized that the problem that was near and dear to me was huge. And so I had to go big if I wanted to really be able to make an impact and serving populations was definitely the way to go. So that was definitely, you know, the big attraction for public health. So you mentioned, you know, your walk with diabetes, but what population or condition or, you know, what public health problem are you most passionate about now?
1: I would have to say obesity. And it's because through the years, I can remember as a child, childhood obesity was not such a a great threat. However, with the changes in school curriculums and the Changes in diets, if you look over the years, we've had low fat, high fat, low carb. I mean, you name it, it has surfaced. And I think as a population, we really don't understand food and how it affects our bodies and how food really can be medicine. And since we don't understand the nutritional aspects of things, we're losing that battle. And because I'm seeing the childhood obesity rate Grow vastly, it's concerning me. And so I don't necessarily focus on serving children, but I would focus on serving families. There goes back to the population health agenda. Because if I can serve families, I can get to the children. And generally, I end up working with women because women are the pivotal points of the family. And also, we need to take care of our own health so that we can be of value to our family. Mm
0: -hmm. That sounds like I might need to pull that out and use that as a tweetable quote there. That's really powerful. Um, And you're so right. I I like that. When you focus on the family, you get to the children. That's so true. Yeah. So that's perfect opportunity to kind of lead into. I really want to dig a little bit more into your business. So, can you just talk a little bit more about, you know, what do you do in your business and, and who do you serve, your ideal customer?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So the business was actually birthed because of my pain. And I know that there are others who have same or similar pain points. Many of us live busy life. We would think that in the information age where technology is vast, that it will make life easier. Not necessarily many of us, it has made our lives more consumed and busier. And therefore, our health seems to take a back burner. So I really like to focus on busy individuals. And definitely, like I mentioned early, moms are busy, which is why I generally work a lot with women, which when we're working with their family, their health, like I said, comes into play. Also, one of the things I focus on is making sure that we create a plan that's suitable for the individual. I learned on my own journey that there's no one size fit all when it relates to health. So we focus on simplifying plans that fit their lifestyle, their current lifestyle and plans that we can change as they go, staying within the realm of health to fit their lifestyles and their lives change because let's face it, if you have a family, family dynamics change. Your children go from being infants to toddlers to preteens to teens to adults, and your needs change. And I realized that, and I wanted to create a component in my business that will fit us throughout the different life changes, which is why I study under Dr. William Sears, and I actually received the health coaching certification from his wellness institute. And I like the philosophy that I've implemented into my business from that training, and it focuses on what we call LEAN. And LEAN stands for lifestyle, exercise, attitude, and nutrition. Those are four pillars of health that really encompasses the whole person. And throughout our life journey, those four pillars of health will address any stage of life that we're in. And the method that I've used also came from the training. It's traffic light eating. And when I mentioned traffic light eating to my clients, at first they're puzzle, how does this fit into nutrition? And it fits perfectly into nutrition. It also gives you something that you can really remember every time you pull up to a traffic light, you look at it differently. You go by green. Green means go. Go by yellow. Yellow means go down. Go by red. Red means stop. So we start to categorize food by those colors. The greens, of course, are your, your fruits and your vegetables. Yellows are going to be your pastas and things like that. And the uh, red foods are going to be your candy, cookies, things like that to give you just a brief overview. So we really focus on the family, like you said, because we are teaching them principles that they can use no matter what. One thing I also learned from being a peer coach with the chiropractor that worked with me because of my results, he allowed me to work in his clinic, in his wellness clinic. One thing I learned is it's hard to stick with habits if the habits don't fit the person. It's also hard to stick with habits if it's not convenient and families have to prepare meals for everybody. So the mom is cooking for everybody, and to give her a specialized diet really
0: stresses her out. Mm, that's really good. That I like that because, I mean, that's spot on. First of all, everyone, it's just the automatic response. Like, How are you doing? Oh, busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good. But I'm busy. So, that I mean, that's just become uh, the standard response because everybody is busy. And I also agree with what you said, too, from personal experience in that there's no one-size-fits-all. And people want that across the board. They want that, that one answer, that one response. that's going to be the solution to everything. And it, what worked for one person may or may not work for the next person. So really having to know your body, your, your health is really important. So specifically, how do you work with families and moms to really kind of develop these plans?
1: So typically, I would like to do workshops. I have found that in group settings, it's less intimidating. I can remember my own personal journey. When you're talking to a person one-on-one, sometimes you come in with a health diagnosis and you feel guilty about it. Even though you really don't know how you ended up in this situation, but because something is wrong with me, so to speak, I feel guilty about that. And so sometimes clients, even on the medical side, patients are reluctant to really fully open up to their healthcare provider because they're feeling guilty. And because they are reluctant to open up, the important facts are not often shared. And so I like to work in a group setting, initially to break the ice, to talk about the program, to get everyone acclimated, because I also find it in a Group setting, people are more likely to follow along with the group. And we have breakout sessions after that where they're given an opportunity to individually work with me on their own concerns. And also, I found that working in group settings, sometimes the group will introduce a thought that the client never really thought about previously. And it enriches their experience and their journey in improving their own health.
0: That's really good. So that combination of, you know, the in the group setting the group coaching and then the opportunity for the one on one for those that are ready for that and want that. So that's um that's a great combination. I think it's really working. Um I can see how that would be really impactful and really successful. Absolutely. Are you just um focused on your area in Mississippi or do you reach out beyond your like geographical area? Do you travel?
1: I actually don't physically travel right now. I do virtual clients if they're in other states. Technology has allowed me to do that. I use Skype, of course, and I've used other video-based platforms where we can see each other because I like the personal approach. I was born in the age where we like to talk to each other. So I like the personal approach and I didn't want to lose that or be limited because a client was not in my home state or in my city. So I do use the video-based platforms to do coaching if they're outside of the state of Mississippi.
0: Okay. All right. That's great. So for those of you who are listening and thinking, oh, I need to talk to her, don't worry. All of her contact information will be included in the show notes. And I'll give you that information toward the end of the episode, but this is great. I'm really enjoying hearing about all that you're doing and it's really important work and uh, really happy that you have, you know, really following your heart and really serving from that place because that really is where you're able to make the biggest impact. Let's transition a little bit because there are a lot of listeners of this podcast who are current students working on their degree in public health. It may be a bachelor's or their MPH, or they may be working on their their doctorate level degree. And, you know, they are preparing for ultimately their career, starting their career in public health. So as students, what advice or tips would you have for current students who are interested in careers in public health that may be listening right now?
1: Well, public health is such a rich, vast field that there is room for everyone, no matter where you are in your journey. And I think most of us limit our thought to science when it comes to public health, but there's public health information. So even if you're in the technology field, um, there's a job for you in public health. I would suggest that students take advantage of internships, get mentors so that they can get exposure to different areas of public health, and that would really birth their true desire of where they want to be in the field of public health. That actually worked for me. It wasn't until I became hands-on with different public health professionals that I really understood where I saw my place in public health. So mentorship, networking, I will start as early on as undergraduate getting experience and gaining exposure.
0: Yeah, that's great advice and excellent point. The field is so broad. And sometimes people that realize that are excited by that because they realize that they can do any number of things. And then some people, it kind of makes them... if it frightens them because then they have to decide what they want to do. And they're not, you know, this is not the field where you're just kind of told to go do this with your degree. And this is the only thing you can do. You do have so many opportunities and options that some people have a hard time narrowing that down. But um, your idea about, you know, volunteering and find the mentor, just really getting some exposure in the different areas. That's really where you find out what you really, really like and what you're drawn to and what you really don't like. You really won't know until you get involved. So That's great advice.
1: Absolutely. I would like to echo on what you said about being frightened and overwhelmed. I have to uh, confess, I was somewhat (laughs) frightened and overwhelmed myself (laughs) in the beginning because, you know, I am virtually transitioning into something new. And I didn't really, really know at that point what I really wanted to focus on. But after I decided, I I had a professor that told me once, he made the statement once, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a a time. time. Yeah. (laughs) And so I had to go back to my life coaching certification and kind of just talk to the inner person within me and calm that person down and say, take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Just focus on getting exposure Because you are not only growing professionally, you're growing personally, and you're growing spiritually. I mean, those three areas of my life really blossomed along the journey when I just learned to let go and embrace the experience. And that is actually how I found out that I really enjoy working with the population side of things versus working in a confined Health model that you have in the the medical side of things. So, public health really fit me. And that's how I figured out that it fit me. And that's how I overcame the fears when I just realized yes, there's a lot out there, but this is a life journey. You're not going to accomplish everything in your career up front. You are really a change agent, and change takes time. You're changing yourself as you change the population that
0: you serve. Mm, that's really good. I'm, I'm just receive that for myself and be a little selfish at the moment because that's <laughs> <laughs> those a powerful words. <laughs> um, okay, so let me ask you about graduates because we've got people who have already completed their degree. They're listening to this podcast and they may be struggling to you know, figure out what they want to do or how to get started, you know, and what you just said is perfect advice for them. But do you have any other advice for graduates who have already completed a degree or trying to get into the field of public health or maybe trying to transition to some different area?
1: Yes. For me, it has helped going to different conferences. I'm actually a member of my own state conference, the Mississippi Public Health Association. And I'm a member of the National Public Health Association. i have here to attend one of those conferences. But actually, when I attended the Mississippi Public Health Association Conference, I met so many connections there. And that was just an extension of what I would recommend for others. Um, You may not be in the phase since you graduated of doing internships, but you can do collaborative projects with others. Sometimes I think we feel like once we've graduated, the educational process stops. That is not true you are a lifelong learner if you are in the field of public health. After all, we are impacting people's lives and people are complex beings. So there's always something to learn. There's always an avenue there, a door waiting to be open. And until we get out and network with different people within the profession, we don't really know what door door we should walk in.
0: That's so true. This is good stuff. I I hope that Audiences, uh, appreciating all of this and, and enjoying this as much as I am, because there's really several valuable, really good points that you've really touched on in this discussion. I really want to thank you, sincerely thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and and share your journey and the lessons that you've learned and what you're in the process of learning. I think that's so important to just be transparent and share with others. It's Helps to for others to relate and not feel so isolated, and really be able to really take in what you're saying and and learn from what you've learned and what you're going through right now. So I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I just would like to say that whoever's listening, no matter how small you think your contributions are or how small you think your talents are, they are needed. And for someone, they are life-changing.
0: Mm, that's really powerful. I hope you guys receive that too. Um, thank you so much for that. In just a moment, I'll tell our audience how to connect with you because you have provided your connection information. And I know a lot of people really want to follow up with you, and I really encourage you to do so. So in just a moment, I'll share that. But thank you again, Dr. Foster, for being here.
1: Thank you so for having me.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I'd like to thank Dr. Foster for joining me on this episode to discuss her public health career journey and for sharing the great advice and tips that she offered, as well as the resources that she offered regarding her business. If you'd like to connect with her, just visit the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 117. So go directly to drchhuntley.com, and that's d r c h h untley.com ycom and click on podcast from the main menu, and then just navigate to episode 117. Remember that you can also click on the resources tab from the main menu and find the link to start your free Audible trial. All right, everyone, until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.